Hello, and welcome to the Parents of Advocate podcast from surviving to thriving in your household. My name is Gene Schwalen. Next to me, as always, my beautiful bride, Dr. Sonia Schwalen, pediatric psychologist expert and nationally certified school psychologist. Today, we have got a very special episode for all you parents who have kids who are getting ready to go off to college or turn 18. So even kids who are not going to college that may still be in parents' care once they turn 18, this is a must-hear-see episode where we're going to talk about some very serious things that most parents never think about. Dr. Swalen? In fact, I think you're one of those parents that didn't even think about this until I brought it up to you. There she goes. Call me out <laughs> once again. <laughs> so when we were deciding what we were going to talk about today, we made it, it, this topic's really personal to us because our oldest is about to turn 18. Congratulations. You made it. July 5th. I didn't make it yet. He's going off to school and whatnot. So, um, and so what I had mentioned to Gene was that we really need to talk to him about signing over a power of attorney because he's for the first time in his life going to be faced with making humongous decisions about his health and what he does in certain situations. And we never know with kids who go off to college, ours is sometimes they don't, but it doesn't matter with more independence. What happens is, emergencies can arise, right? Yeah, and for parents and, and things that we don't think about usually, especially me, and I've gotten my fair treatment of not knowing this stuff over the last few weeks, but when kids go to college, a lot of parents, they assume that since they're paying the tuition bill, they're paying for their, you know, they're still on their health care plan, um, they're still on their taxes as deductions, and uh, ultimately still the care provider and whatnot, once that kid turns 18, they can ultimately make their own decisions and they don't have to let parents be a part of that whatsoever. When it comes to a lot of things, healthcare, um, access to school records and whatnot. Um, so this is a really big deal that parents really need to know. It's a big deal. And it's not just that they can make their own decisions. It's, you know, there's HIPAA laws, there's FERPA laws, there's laws, federal laws in place that state if a person is is a member of the majority population, which in this, you know, the age, I'm trying to say age, they're not a minor. That's what I'm trying to get at. So they're not below the age of 18, right? They're 18 and up. They're considered an adult in our society. And at that point, even if you're rushing in as mom or dad in a medical emergency, let's say, the medical providers are not even able to speak with you about what's going on with your child if they have not signed a release of information or put you down as that person in the chart, right? Because now being at 18 years old, they're an adult. I'll give a real life example. I mean, we have one with our own son, but this, this literally just happened. I just thought of this. Um, last week I have a client. She's a very long time client of next steps, um, who just turned 18. Okay. But what happened was she stepped up to a higher level of care for a little while. And then She's coming back to us. And so when she came back to us to get her reestablished, we didn't have updated paperwork on her because in that little gap time, she turned 18. And it took a long time for her to get that paperwork signed because it was difficult to even just deal with the responsibility of adulting. And, you know, she needs to be in therapy. She knew she needed to be in therapy. She didn't really grasp that she couldn't just talk to me because uh, I'm actually her therapist about like, everything that's going on. It was, no, I'm just calling you to tell you, you got to do your paperwork first. I can't really even do a session until you do. And so talking with, with, um, new 18, 19, 20 year olds about here's what this means. And, and what does it even mean to sign a release of information? Because the biggest fear is, are you going to tell my parents everything I'm sharing with you? And 
The answer to that is no, but we still want to include family members, right? Especially if you're living with that family in your care, because it's important for your recovery from whatever you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we also know that kids, you know, even when they turn 18 years old and they're considered to be an adult, they're still kids. They still need lots of parental guidance. Um, but what we have seen and what I've seen over the years um, is that a lot of kids, just even kids that are in, uh, you know, care for a long period of time, they know that 18 is coming up. And some of these kids are pretty smart. And they understand that they don't have to sign the paperwork and whatnot so they can not do care anymore, which is not in their best interest. And if there's no health care proxy or anything in place for that child, then the child gets to make their own decisions. So if there's a health care proxy in place prior to them turning 18, then the parent can actually make decisions based on their medical well-being. Um, and that's that's a huge thing. So any parents, whether your kid's going off to school or not, if you have kids that have any type of mental health or medical challenges um, that they're facing, this is actually very important to, to handle before they turn 18 as well. That's right. And, and you know, your example versus my example, there's two totally different things, right? My new 18-year-old client just struggled to get the work done because it, it meant adulting. It meant taking responsibility. Procrastination, and, and everything yeah, else. There's a little resistance there. It's like, oh, man, I got to sign all this paperwork and read through Summer all this Summertime's here. Stuff, I want right? to sleep in, right? And then you're talking about the client who, as soon as they turn 18, they're, they're like, see ya later. I'm out, right? Um, and so if you have that inclination at all, we want to be proactive and do what we can to help help our child make decisions for themselves that are actually in their best interest. Yeah, because we all know as parents, I mean, we were kids too at one time, one point in time. And, you know, when we were 17, 18, 19 years old, we knew everything. You know, yeah. you couldn't tell me anything, mom, dad. I know what's best for me. So, um, you know, it comes down to a couple of things. So you mentioned the power of attorney. So these things are very key. So the power of attorney, what does that do for parents? Well, first, I just want to ask you in general, because you're, we're talking about kids who are in treatment or who have medical vulnerabilities and things like that. But when I brought it up to you, had it even occurred to you for our almost 18 year old? No, it didn't because he's, you know, he's, he doesn't have any medical conditions. He's a very healthy kid. He rarely goes to the doctor, gets sick or anything. Um, so we've been very lucky there. Um, but you know, you actually shared the, the Forbes, uh, article that talked about the living wills and power of attorney and healthcare proxies and whatnot. And when I read through that, one thing I didn't even really understand or realize, I guess, before is that accidents are the leading cause of young adults between 18 and 25 years old. And every year, two and a half million kids in this age range actually get hospitalized for non-lethal injuries. Um, and so there's all kinds of things that can happen when kids go off to school. Um, and we've all seen uh, reports and whatnot over the last few years about all the binging and hazing and things that go on in colleges. And there was a long, there was a period of time over several years in a row that was really getting out of hand and they had to do some, make some changes in a lot of the universities as far as um, regulating some of these things as well. But there's all types of things that kids go through that they experience or experiment with uh, when they go off to college and they have their first real freedoms away from home. Um, and these are things that, you know, we can't assume that our kid, no matter how well they're raised and how great they may be as a kid, um, kids are going to have accidents. Things are going to happen. There's always a chance. And so is that a chance? Is that a gamble you want to take with your kid's life? Well, and I, you know, everything you said is so, it's so real. I mean, these are things that parents seem to be thinking about. I, I work with all different kinds of families and I hear sometimes, you know, parents describe their 18, 19 year old as, yeah, they still really need help. We still provide a lot of guidance. We're still very much parenting them in this stage of life, right? And I also hear the opposite of that, where some parents will say, well, as soon as they're 18, they're, you know, they're able to move out, make their own decisions. They're an adult. 
And, uh, you know, I hope they do well in life. And it's almost this uh, mindset of that's kind of where the parenting journey ends. And so those are two extremes. And then we have everything in between. So it's definitely a spectrum. And I think what we're here to tell you guys today is just because your kid is 18 and legally an adult in the United States, right? We still, we still want to think about their maturity level, developmentally, what they need, some kids are way more conscientious and much better at making certain decisions. And, and we call that like, you know, they have a good head on their shoulders and then other kids just need a little bit more support. And so we want to make sure that we're still able to provide that level of support when it comes to medical and other issues. Um, if, if our children really need that. Yeah. I remember you giving me a hard time, uh, not too long ago, even on a podcast about, brain development and the age it actually uh, we reached that full development or whatnot uh 25 for women for right? women and then for guys i don't know maybe like 45 maybe like never <laughs> okay so you know those are, those are really cool things to think about to as parents that you know our kids brains are not fully developed obviously um and, and i think it's important for kids to really really understand and know that their parents really do still care they're still going to be involved in their life whether they want to go off and do their own thing or not they ultimately, I think, deep down inside, still want that structure, that discipline to some degree. They're going to go have their freedoms, but ultimately, when it comes down to things that happen, what happens when they can't afford to go to the laundromat? You know, hey, mom, dad, can I get $10 for some quarters? You know, I mean, that's very real stuff, too. Yeah, we're always there for them, right? Absolutely. And so there's some major life decisions that they may be faced with. And just because they're 18, now all of a sudden they have to make those decisions all on their own. It doesn't have it doesn't have to be the case. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, so um, we talked about the power of attorney. Um, we'll talk. We'll go into more detail here about that here in a moment. There's the health care proxy, which is also different than a power of attorney. And there's also a living will. And so with the healthcare proxy, you can actually include a living will inside of that, um, or you can have one that's by itself. And those are two different things. So the healthcare proxy, you want to explain what that really does? I think you are the one who's like really up to speed on the research. So let's hear from you on this. Oh, my goodness. Because I am not a lawyer. <laughs> Nor am I. I know. <laughs> All right. So let me put my lawyer hat on real quick. Hold on a second. All right. <laughs> So a healthcare proxy basically just appoints an individual, an adult, um, the full right to make medical decisions on behalf of the person um, that actually signs it and grants that permission. So anything medically that happens um, or any medical needs or whatnot, there's an individual that gets the designated right to make those decisions for that individual. Uh, and that's really important, too, because if your kid ends up going to college or, you know, 18 or older and gets into an accident, even a car accident, and they're in the hospital, um, and they may be temporarily paralyzed or temporarily just disabled in some form or fashion, even if it's temporarily, you can't make any decisions on behalf of your child without getting a court appointed approval. And how long does that take? That can take weeks for that to even happen uh, in a very critical time. So um, having this done right at the beginning is very, very important. Now, a living will is basically, and these things are actually more more popular with the older populations, um, like where we're dealing with our parents and whatnot as they get into older ages. Um, but definitely a need for our kids when they turn 18 for a period of time. The living will is basically just where an individual can actually just put down their, their wishes that when something, if something were to happen to them, um, you know, where their life is, is coming to an end or whatnot. So, and then the power of attorney just gives somebody the, the ability to make uh, any type of decision on their behalf. Um, for a period of time. So when it comes to the power of attorney, you can actually have it started immediately once the document is signed. Um, you can actually put a date that it actually starts. So if you want to do this, you know, a year before your child turns 18, you can even do that. 
and designate a starting date for it. Um, and the power of attorney can be indefinite until you actually have it revoked. And just so everyone does know, the kids can actually revoke at any point in time. Um, the, the power of attorney, they have the right to do that. So even if there's, there's a specific time frame involved, it can be revoked any time by that actual child who's over 18. Uh, but you can do it for a four-year period of time. You can do it indefinitely until it is revoked. Um, there's different ways of doing that. And what I would, you know, our son is, he's very strong-minded. Um, he does have a good head on his shoulders, but he's still very immature when it comes to making adult decisions, obviously. Uh, and I think that's true for every single 18-year-old, no matter how they were raised. Um, and, you know, some things that I can see him having some issues with is, all right, so that means you have access to everything that I do. Like, you can, like, steal my money, and you can, um, you know, I'm talking about things that <laughs> kids are thinking the about. The conclusions that somebody might jump to. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh, that means they have access to all my grades in college. <laughs> they can access my grades. Without the actual power of attorney, parents cannot access grades, no matter if they're paying for the bill or not, right? So um, these are things that kids think about as well. So one thing that I kind of researched is that there's certain ways we can actually kind of uh, – I guess hold the carrot out in front of them as far as getting this done, number one. Well, so I know where you're getting at, and let's bust that out in a second. Okay. Um, because there are ways, right, of approaching this topic. It doesn't have to be all about parental control over my life. Sure. Right? And so we've said many times on this episode, it's really about how you set it up, it's you taking the lead, and then kids will follow. And the only reason we're recommending this at all to be on your mind, right, parents, is because we want you to have the best interest of your child in mind as well. And so with that in mind, you go to the table and talk to your child about it. Hey, you know, we we still love you. We care about you. We are your parents. We want to be able to help you in times of need. And the way that the current like legal system in our society is set up, actually prevents that from happening as easily as it has happened, you know, all these past 17 years or 18 years, right? And so you have to even explain that to them because the idea of what it means when I turn 18, for a lot of kids, you're right, it's I'm independent, I don't have to tell them anything anymore, they can't run me, they can't control my life, they can't make decisions for me. I'm an adult, haha, ha, look at me, and it's exciting, and it's a scary time. There's all these mixed emotions, uh, but it's not us against them, right? And it, it doesn't have to be uh, pitched that way either. So for younger kids, I recommend that you just start talking with them about this early on so they know it's coming. You know, that option of, of designating the start date is a great idea because even when they are younger, like 16, 17 years old, you go and you get the document created, but it has this start date that's a couple years out. But now it's just something that, you know, it's always been there. It's just something that they don't, they don't know any different because parents have taken the time to talk to their child about it earlier. If it's kind of like our situation where we're like, oh, he's going to turn 18 soon and we didn't do this. Oh my goodness. Uh, then we have to just in a very loving way, say, this is one way that we want to be able to support you. Advocate for you. Right. In this early period of adulthood. And it's not a permanent thing. It's a temporary thing so that we can continue to be there for you as you continue to be faced with really some somewhat challenging life circumstances and decisions that are inevitably coming. And and we're doing our job as parents to continue to support you in that way to be able to do so legally. We just have to have you sign this form, right? So there are ways to have those conversations um, and, and, and be honest of like, here's what this means for you. 
it actually doesn't mean I'm going to be checking on your grades and I'm not interested in, in X, Y, Z, whatever's running through your head. Uh, because just like always, you're going to come to me or I'm going to check on you here and there in a supportive way. Bef like I won't ever, I don't feel like I'll get to the point of having to like sneak up on you and check on you if that hasn't been the norm. Sure. You know, if you already have that open discussion with your kids and they're used to you being involved, this actually isn't that scary for kids. It's, it's more likely a well-received, it's welcome and it's collaborative. Yeah, and the best way to approach it is to, as you mentioned, start early and don't be like me and wait till the last minute. He's going to turn 18 and, you know, a week and not even a week now. And, uh, you know, because that also puts pressure on kids, too. Like they have thoughts that go through their head. You approach this. So it's really about how you approach it as well, as you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, having conversations. One thing that I would recommend is asking questions to your kid, you know. So what happens if you end up going to the hospital, if you have an accident, um, if there's a car, anything that could happen medically, what would you do? Let them answer those questions. So ask some hypothetical questions and see how they respond and whatnot, because more times than not, they're not going to really have the very best answer or know how to answer some of those questions. Um, and just be equipped. Do some, some research of your own and really look at what does the power of attorney really mean? What's it allow you to do? What is the benefit uh, for a parent having that for their child? So there's all kinds of resources out that you can actually um, research. Um, the ability to sign, uh, you know, legal documents on their behalf, uh, to be able to negotiate or sign a lease on their behalf, um, which kids need as they go off to college and not living in the dorms any longer. Uh, if they're going overseas for whatever reason or studying abroad uh, or just taking even a, a, a trip overseas, um, there's things that could happen that the power of attorney also allows the parent to wire money from their bank account um, to actually reach out to the embassy if something were to happen where there's a need for that. Without that power of attorney, you can't do a whole lot initially. There's a lot of barriers you had to break through first, uh, but that power of attorney helps break those down immediately. Yep. And so, again, I mean, this is just very supportive. It's proactive. You know, a lot of times parents, I know you guys can see it with older kids, you go to the doctor and your child to a certain age is just used to you answering every question on their behalf, right? It's very appropriate for a five-year-old child, a 10-year-old child. Once the child turns 13, 14, 15, the provider is now turning to your child and talking directly to them. And that experience alone is very, um, it's new, it's nerve wracking. It can cause a lot of anxiety for kids. And they may look at you in the room if you're still in the room. They're expecting you to be the the um, the reporter and, and just give all the answers. And so all of this has to do with what we're talking about. It's a very developmental thing to be able to learn how to successfully and effectively advocate for yourself. And so at age 18, just because our country says they're an adult doesn't necessarily mean that skill set is, is something your child is well-versed in yet. Yeah, well, and you mentioned it earlier as well when it comes to HIPAA. So even with, you know, clients you have in clinic, uh, once they hit 18, the parent may still be paying, paying the copay or any of the financial responsibility for those appointments. But if the parent's trying to make a payment, we can't really verify or, or, or whatnot if the client even had an appointment without an ROI, a release of information. Um, so these things are very important. So we can't, we can't even have the parent really pay sometimes if, if there's no uh, paperwork, you know, submitted beforehand. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that are in place to protect someone's confidentiality in any any healthcare medical setting. All right. So what happens if our kid is reluctant to sign one of these power of attorneys? What do we do as parents? That's a great question. Um, and your 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 ideas of reluctancy is like, oh, they're going to see all my money and my grades and they're just going to check up on me whenever they want to. Right. 
And so, so a surveillance um, camera they can't get rid of, right? That's when I say, you know, you, it's all about how you also as a parent are perceiving this power, right? Are you going to abuse that power? Are you planning on using it in, in the most supportive way? Um, are you going to be developmental about how you use it? Well, you know, you're 18. Let's shoot for the next five years that I have this power of attorney and I'll support you. You need me to go to your doctor's appointments. You need me to uh, help you make bigger decisions or you want me to talk to someone on your behalf. I'm happy to be there, but maybe I just need to be there for moral support and not take an active role. Maybe I'm just there in case you need me kind of thing. Right. And so over time, you're still focusing on developing your child to be more and more independent in these areas and then um, laying it out for your child. You know, I don't want to abuse this power of attorney. That's not my intention at all. And if there's continues to be some pushback and consistent resistance to it, that's when I say that may be a sign you need a little extra support and go see a professional, right? And at Next Steps, we have conversations like that with clients all the time. You know, that's a great way to use a family therapy session or an individual therapy session where the adult just invites their parents in just for that one session, just to have a facilitated conversation with a therapist in the room who can really help communication and help each other understand each other's perspectives and come to some agreement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the, in the article you sent to me as well, and again, these would be things that would be last resort. Um, but if you're, if your kid's going off to college and you're paying the tuition and for every household, it's different. There may be student loans that are involved. Um, still loans may be in the kid's name. They may be in the parent's name, um, a combination of both. Um, but if the parents taking some, some financial responsibility for the tuition, you can very well say, look, for me, in order for me to, to, to feel comfortable about investing this much money each and every year, I really need to have access to things that may happen. You know, if your kid can't trust you, then, you know, there's there's obviously some bigger issues there that need to be worked on. Right. But when it comes down to it, ultimately, well, if you don't feel like you can sign this power of attorney, I don't feel like I can actually pay for the tuition. Maybe we need to look at going to like a community college for a period of time here locally and you can be independent and do what you need to do and, and we'll go that route. There's other options you can actually look into. So I'm not saying don't tell your kid he can't go to college, but you can look at other alternatives if they're not willing to do some of the things that you're that more you, comfortable with. Right. right. All right. What else are we talking about today? <laughs> I think that's really yeah, about it. Sums it, it up. So again, these are conversations you start early on if you can. If you haven't had these conversations, you may have kids that are already 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, already in college. It's never too late um, because, again, you just never know what may happen. So um, definitely a recommendation. The power of attorneys for parents who don't really, you know, deal with legal documents too much, um, you can actually get these done for about 350 bucks. So they're not super, super expensive. Now, if you go to the wrong attorney, he may charge you two grand. Uh, but you can actually find these documents for about 350 um, The healthcare proxy and living will, if you want to do those as well, I do recommend the healthcare proxy at the very least with the power of attorney. And those are usually two separate documents. They're usually a couple hundred bucks. So um, not a huge expense. It definitely is an investment, but definitely worth the, the investment. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Parents of Advocate podcast from surviving to thriving in your household. We'll see you next week.